Perfect. Well, welcome and hello. I am just so excited to connect with you. I'm Reverend Cassandra Ray, the spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're located in the lower mainland of British Columbia, Canada. And wow, with Zoom and all of our technology, you can be here with us anywhere in the world. <laughs> I guess the time change might, um, you know, limit that. But thankfully, we are able to gather here every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific because, why? Because we are an inclusive, progressive, spiritual center, like a learning center of practical spirituality. And what that means is that we practice and teach tools for transformation, for authentic self-expression and for conscious living. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there is a place for you here. And I'm glad that you're here. So as we begin our time together today, I respectfully acknowledge that I personally live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish nations, including Kwikwetlam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Stalo First Nations. And so now let us ground our time together in truth and love. I invite you to turn within for a moment and to simply settle in, settling in your body, in your mind, in your heart. I take this moment to recognize that there is one thing happening here and it is the unfoldment of spirit itself, the very essence of life that I know to be wholeness, to be perfect health, to be such wisdom and peace. That no matter what is happening on the surface, there is this undercurrent of unconditional love, this presence and power of spirit, the infinite one. I recognize that this source is my source, that it is the truth of who and what I am, that as the source of all life, it is my source, I am an expression of it. And as I know this of myself, I know this is the truth of each one present here today. That this infinite life is expressing as each one. That there is a flow of health and wellness, of clarity and peace that is flowing to each one here. And what I know of this time together is that it is an experience that brings that truth forward to the forefront of the mind and the heart that every word and song that is uttered this day is a reflection of the essential goodness of each one here. That no matter what has happened prior to this moment or what might happen in the future, right here and right now, ah, is the expression and experience of this wholeness, this truth, this goodness, this power. I know that each one has been brought to life as a unique expression, bringing something totally, wonderfully unique. And so I celebrate 
this coming together. I celebrate the purpose planted within each one of us. Knowing that we're perfectly guided, I am so grateful that this, this service is a way to bring that purpose forward. And when each one of us flourish individually, oh, how good it is for the entire world, for the collective. And I am so grateful for this emerging consciousness of oneness and power of clarity and peace. I know that healing starts right here and that it reverberates out into this magnificent world, this magnificent home we call earth. And so with joy and excitement of what's to come, of the healing that has already happened, I simply let it all be knowing that this prayer is already answered in the infinite mind of all wisdom. I step forward into that perfect, powerful unfoldment of truth and simply let it be. And so it is. Ah, yes. On the tales of that wonderful prayer, I am just excited to introduce our guest musician today, who is an award-winning singer, songwriter, and sound healer, Heidi McCurdy. She draws on a diverse tapestry of soul, of jazz, and folk, of world influences, of her unique blend of global soul. She is known for her warm, soulful voice and her ability to tune into the music of the moment. Her lyrics resonate with the beauty of dreams, a vital connection with nature, and our collective power to create positive change. Yes! <laughs> she leads a weekly choir group who sing for the joy of it. She's also facilitating a seven-week journey for women to free their wild spirit, and she has a free soul harmony singing meditation for you on her website. So you're going to want to visit that after this gathering and sign up for her programs, get her freebie, and connect with her. Please join me in welcoming, in welcoming Heidi McCurdy. Yay! Thank you so much, Cassandra. That might sound familiar. This is a universal chant for compassion. Sing it with me if you want. Wisdom, the jewel of the mind. Compassion in the heart of the lotus. Wisdom, the jewel of the mind. Compassion is a heart of lotus. Om Mani Padme Hum. 
question for you this Sunday. You know, it's kind of like, hold on to your chairs here. <laughs> As I ask you, what in the heck do we do with all that is unfolding in the world? <laughs> Politically and socially, there are some serious, there's some serious unrest and humanity is at a choice point. And you know, there's just these huge questions coming up. You know, how do we navigate conflict? How do we navigate the racial reckoning, the global pandemic, climate change? Oh my goodness. There are so many like ginormous issues that I just want to like plug my ears and sing show tunes, <laughs> right? Oh man, disengaging is so, 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 so alluring right now. I'm just going to stay home and I'm going to stay out of it. And, and in fact, we literally are being asked to stay in our bubbles, <laughs> right? I'm like, yes, stay in your bubble and wear your mask and social distance and engage with the world, <laughs> no problem done <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah it's huge and um whoa i <laughs> i was flaying my arms around my notes went flying but it's okay we're back and you know i, I personally 
even struggle just having conversations with my extended family. And those of you who know me, you know, you, you know that this is happening because there's a huge line drawn in my own family, you know, across religion and politics and social and economic, I mean, everything. There's everything and everyone just even in my extended family. And something I've noticed coming up a lot lately, like totally even in myself, is self-righteousness. You know, which can kind of sound like this. How could they? Don't they know, like, what? What? I would never do that. That is crazy, right? Those, I have had those thoughts more <laughs> in the last, I don't know, five years than probably in the rest, like, of my whole entire life. So I just, you know, have you found yourself thinking things like that too lately? I mean, these are definitely things that are going through my mind. And the thing is, is that self-righteousness, even when it's like warranted, it keeps us disconnected. And not just from like the other people, those people, or like not just those family members, right? They don't just keep you disconnected from other people, it actually keeps us disconnected from our own hearts and our own self. And so I've come to realize that judgment, blame, shame, and now let's add to that self-righteousness, that all of that just serves to protect us from our own emotions and vulnerabilities. Ah, let me just say that one more time. Judgment, blame, shame, and self-righteousness protect you from your own emotions and vulnerabilities. And in essence, they cut you off from yourself. And when I'm cut off from myself, it's so much easier to cut them off from their humanity right? I can start demonizing them. I can put people in categories and put labels on them and measure them as less than, or get this, less evolved, right? I'm so spiritual. They're less evolved. They are the problem. But when I step back for a moment and see that one of the things I don't like about them is the way they put people different from themselves into categories and judge them as less than crap. Then I'm doing the same thing I judge them for doing. <laughs> no. oh. I hate that because I want to be right and I want to stay in my self-righteousness. But I don't like being disconnected. I don't like being disconnected from myself. I don't like being disconnected from my extended family. And so the way out of this trap is connection. Connection with yourself, with your emotions and your vulnerabilities, as well as connection with the others. That is the answer. But how do we connect across so much division, so much harm, so much, I, I can't even continue to describe it because I'll fall into my own self-righteousness trap. 
you know, and, and even more personally, I'm asking myself, like, how do I connect with my family? So these, these questions are what I'm living in. And, and it is what guided me to this book, the book of forgiving by Desmond and Umfo Tutu. Now, Archbishop Desmond Tutu was the chair of South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission that was formed uh, when they moved from apartheid to a democracy. And his daughter, Reverend Umfo Tutu, uh, I'm sorry, her full name is Umfo Tutu von Firth. She's gotten married since writing this book, is a priest, writer, artist, theologian, speaker, and activist for girls' safety and well-being. I think I don't I think I skipped over it, but also Desmond Tutu is the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize in 1984. So like these uh, the knowledge and wisdom here is incredible. Together they wrote this book outlining the fourfold path of forgiveness of forgiving because they knew firsthand that the path of healing requires forgiveness. And in the aftermath of apartheid, which was the institutionalization of racism, inequality and oppression in South Africa, they wrote, let me find it. When at last our leaders were released from prison, it was feared that our transition to democracy would become a bloodbath of revenge and retaliation. Miraculously, we chose another future. We chose forgiveness. At the time, we knew that telling the truth and healing our history was the only way to save our country from sure destruction. Telling the truth and healing our history was the only way forward. They assert that forgiveness is the way we heal the world. And I think this is something that we really need right now. I know that I need it personally in my own life and relationship. And, you know, let's be clear. Uh, forgiveness isn't a one-time quick fix that makes us forget it's a journey that requires strength and courage that walks hand in hand with justice. And it takes as long as it takes. So they explain the fourfold path as the first step being telling the story. The second step being naming the hurt. The third step is granting forgiveness. And the fourth one is renewing or releasing the relationship. So this is, again, a journey, a path. It's not about forgetting. It's not about just get over it and move on. No, not at all. And we'll be exploring all the, the different aspects of the fourfold path throughout this whole month. So today's Sunday number one. And let's like jump right in the deep end because I only get like 20 minutes with you. So <laughs> we're, we're going to jump to the deep, deep end and talk about the revenge cycle. What? Yes. The revenge cycle versus the forgiveness cycle. Okay. 
So on page 47, I'm just gonna pull it up. They write, evolutionary biologists suggest that we are hardwired to seek revenge and hurt back when we are hurt. This is how our ancestors survived when confronted by a threat. And this is our nature now to respond in response to a threat. Okay, um, however, if you keep reading on the next page, they also tell us that we're hardwired to forgive and connect. And, and here they write, we are social creatures and our physical survival is just as dependent on happy relationships and social connections as it is on food, air, and water. So if you find yourself stuck in blame and wanting to hurt those who've hurt you, you know, please just give yourself grace. Know that it's simply an echo of our survival instincts. And now you can choose connection instead of revenge. So this connection begins with your heart and is the key for moving out of judgment and blame and into healing. And in fact, your heart is the key from moving out of the revenge cycle and choosing the forgiveness cycle. So both cycles start with some, fort of, some form of violence or cruelty. And remember that while violence is physical, it can also be mental or emotional. So there's some sort of violence that happens that leads to hurt, harm, or loss. And in the revenge cycle, you reject the pain and you choose to harm which this choice is a rejection of your shared humanity and it leads to the retaliation or payback. And when this happens, you've come full circle, right? You're back to violence. You're back to behavior that harms, but this time it's you. So you don't have to choose this cycle. You can choose the forgiveness cycle, which also starts with some sort of violence or cruelty that leads to hurt, harm, or loss. But instead of rejecting the pain, and here's the key, you accept the pain and choose to heal. You enter the fourfold path by telling the story, naming the hurt, granting forgiveness, and renewing or releasing the relationship. And in the forgiveness cycle, you're recognizing your shared humanity rather than denying your shared humanity. So it's super easy to get stuck in the revenge cycle. In fact, we're conditioned to choose the revenge cycle. Like how often have you seen a movie or a show or read a book where someone is harmed and the way that that harm is brought to justice is through retaliation and revenge? Like killing the villain is praised and celebrated, you know, over and over in our entertainment industry. And while they might be like just movies, right? The movies we watch, the television shows we watch, the books we read, they shape our culture. 
So we're living in a culture of like strength is the revenge cycle. And so here we are, we are, we are at a choice point to step out of that and ultimately to change the culture. So you wanna change the culture with me? Mm -hmm. I know you do, because you're here. And so um, they write in, in the book, what so often happens is that we step unawares into the revenge cycle. The affront is so painful, so intolerable that we cannot accept it. And instead of placing our hands on our hearts and weeping for what we have lost, we point our fingers or shake our fists at the one who has harmed us. Instead of embracing our sadness, we stoke our anger. We feel compelled to restore our dignity by rejecting our pain and denying our grief. That rejection places us in the closed loop of the revenge cycle. So it's worth noting here that when the harm and subsequent loss are very deep, accepting your pain might require you to grieve. And while navigating your grief is something only you can do, it's not a journey that needs to be done alone. So I highly recommend, you know, hiring professional support as well as calling on your inner circle to hold you through it while you let yourself fall apart. And then when you're ready, then you can choose to step back into this fourfold path of forgiveness, set an intention to free yourself from the pain of separation and division. And on page 21, you're gonna love this. When you forgive, you are free to move on in life, to grow, to no longer be a victim. When you forgive, you slip the yoke and your future is unshackled from your past. Whew. If you feel like your past in some way, shape or form is holding you back, forgiveness work sets you free. This book is for you. You know, and this quote really does inspire me to forgive because I can tell you that I'm not always ready to get off of my self-righteous box, right? <laughs> like sometimes it feels safer and more powerful to just stay on the self-righteous box. Um, but stepping down off of that box, stepping into my heart, I know is that path of freedom. So Ernest Holmes writes in the study course in the science of mind, it's kind of big, <laughs> but I'm going to read from it here. In the glossary, he says, the consciousness of sin in another is the consciousness of sin in one's own being. We are free from condemnation only as we no longer condemn. The law of cause and effect can only forgive as we ourselves first have forgiven. Now, it's important here to note that Ernest Holmes has a very specific and progressive definition of sin. So 
let's, let me grab my other book. I'm gonna read from the glossary of the science of mind about what sin is. We have tried to show that there is no sin, but a mistake and no punishment, but a consequence. The law of cause and effect. Sin is merely missing the mark. God does not punish sin. As we correct our mistakes, we forgive our own sins. Hmm. So the awareness of someone else missing the mark is actually the awareness of missing the mark yourself. And you're only free from criticism when you no longer criticize. The law of cause and effect automatically forgives you when you offer forgiveness. So this means that the power of forgiveness is in your hands. It's a choice that you can make. And in the coming weeks, we are going to delve deeper into this fourfold path about how to bring the healing power of forgiveness into your life and experience. But today, in the beginning of this series, I'm going to give you a coaching exercise. They give you a beautiful one in the book of forgiving. On page one, I mean, chapter one, on page 29, they assign the activity called carrying the stone. And essentially, you carry a palm-sized stone in your non-dominant hand. So for me, I'm right, I write with my right hand, so I'm going to carry in my left hand. All morning, carry a stone in your non-dominant hand. Don't set it down for any reason. They say this should be about six hours, that you should spend about six hours holding a stone in your non-dominant hand. And when you're done with this exercise, to reflect on it, what did you notice about carrying the stone? Did it hinder your activities? Was it ever useful? And in what ways was carrying the stone like carrying an unforgiven hurt? And finally, make a list of all the people you need to forgive and make another list of all those you would like to have forgive you. So I'll be sure to include these questions, this activity and these questions in the description of our video and our podcast so that you can find them. I hope you will join us on this journey of forgiveness in February, 2021. Even if you don't have something obvious in your life that needs forgiving, if you haven't been able to manifest something, there's forgiveness work to do. If you have conflict in your relationships, forgiveness. If you have unresolved feelings about something, forgiveness work. So if you aren't even just as happy as you'd like to be, there's forgiveness work. So I wanna to close today from the book of forgiving with a quote. Let me just find it. Here it is. There's also no end to the human capacity for healing. In each of us, there is an innate ability to create joy out of suffering, to find hope in the most hopeless of situations and to heal any relationship in need of healing. I truly believe that it is you and me and together we transform our own lives and we transform our culture, our country and the world. 
it starts here. It starts with forgiveness. And I hope you will come back every week this month as we continue to walk the fourfold path of forgiveness. And so it is.